Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, dedicated to making you a better seller. Recorded 4,827 miles across the Atlantic Ocean with Bobby Das from Houston, Texas, a father, husband, golfer, pilot, and tech seller. And Brian Evans, an expat in London, England, family man, 2X Ironman, and an ERP salesman. Both sharing tried and true sales strategies and providing free tools to make each week and campaign easier for you. They also answer your questions weekly. Now, here is Bobby and Brian. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, Bobby. All right, Bobby. So we have uh, part two of the first listener's choice today. And this is an email that we got from Chris Hill. Chris is from a large software as a service provider. He says one thing he found beneficial from another sales podcast he used to listen to was an email etiquette and best practices list. Um, so he suggests as one of our next episodes, we can we discuss our approach and provide some email templates that helped us in these several situations. So as Bobby mentioned in the last episode, if you go to bobbyandbrian.com tools, you'll find a list of these templates that you can use to uh, hopefully get you in touch with those prospects you've been trying to get with. Before we jump into all the content for this listener's choice episode, let me plug somebody who's really made me a raving fan over the last two or three days. The company's name is Ready Caddy. Go to their website, www.readycaddy.com. That's R-E-A-D-Y-C-A-D-D-I-E.com. The Ready Caddy is branded the perfect golf companion. It clips onto your golf cart, gives you a great spot for your golf glove, your laser finder, your cell phone, puts it all where it won't bounce around and jump out of the cart, and is really a cost-effective tool. The owner of Ready Caddy sent me a little piece of plastic that I lost at a golf course. Uh, didn't have to, could have charged me for it, and really created a raving fan. He, he knows his business and he took care of a customer, so I'm, I, I gotta say I'm a huge fan. If you would, go visit his site. If you're a golfer, I highly recommend you buy one. If you do happen to place an order, please let him know that you heard about it on the Tech Sales Show. Thank you very much. Love it. So, Bobby, on the last episode, we covered two of the four subjects. We, co- we covered a cold email to a new prospective customer, and then we covered the follow-up email. And today, Bobby, why don't you talk about what we're going to cover? Yep. So today we're going to cover an email that would help you get out of email. We teased a little bit about it on the last episode. We're going to share the will you introduce me email and then a few more wrap-ups on do's and don'ts of email. So the email to get out of email or to get to a better face-to-face meeting or phone call, Brian, how, how do you set that up in an email? Yeah, so I'd say like first you have to um, we have to take a step back, um, and it goes back to even that email to the new prospective customer and about the research that you have to do um, to provide value or show that you're going to provide value in that face-to-face meeting. They don't owe you this meeting. They don't owe you the opportunity to get out of email and have a face-to-face conversation. What I'd highly recommend you do if you haven't read the book, read the book, The Challenger Cell. Um, read, written by Matt Dixon. It's an amazing book. Uh, we've got a review on bobbyandbrian.com slash books or go to bobbyandbrian.com and you can go to the book reviews that we have there. Uh, you can click through to Amazon to buy the book if you'd like. Love to support the show. Um, so what the challenge the Challenger Cell talks about is it requires you, one, to take the time to research the company, the people that you're talking to before you start the prospecting 
the outcome of that sales call will largely hinge on the specific idea that you articulate in that first email. So you, you've got to write something in that email that's showing that you're going to bring some level of value to that conversation. If, if you're not, if it's just another email, it, you're not, you're, it's never going to translate something into something that's going to uh, provide value back to the customer. So I'd almost kind of point you back to the first episode that we talked about uh, when we talked about the new email, a cold email to new prospect. Again, make a reference to their business, an announcement, some sort of earnings call that they had, a new strategy that they have. Make an assumption about how that may or may not impact their business. Reference how you've helped another company achieve great results uh, because of your product or your service. And then be specific about that next request. Maybe there's a new steakhouse that opened up. Maybe there's a new barbecue joint. And boy, Bobby, I miss some barbecue in the UK here. Um, but find you know find something interesting, unique um, that would that would spur uh, a, a action out of that email. We talk about it, and I think it just goes unheard or unexecuted on, but that's what's going to get their attention. Um, we don't answer our phone at night if we have a house phone anymore because we know we're probably going to be sold to. People don't respond to emails from unsolicited people because they know they're being sold to. But if you were a consultant, if you were a challenger sales rep, you would put the time and the effort to make that email something that they wanted to engage with. It would be short and sweet, but it would take it would take them to the point of taking action for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I think you can pepper these along the way too in conversations. It just doesn't have to be uh, for that meeting. Is As you find interesting articles, interesting tweets, interesting LinkedIn posts um, that maybe you think they would find uh, to be a good read, a truly to be a good read, not just forwarding along all the stuff that you may check out, forward it along. It doesn't have to be something salesy. Um, just let them know that you found it interesting and hope to connect down the road. So we talked about um, it's kind of the strategy part of it, Bobby. Why don't we talk about some tactical approaches here too? So uh, these can be almost as effective as the strategic approaches. No doubt. And I think I've used, well, I know I've used all of these, uh, some successfully and some in- unsuccessfully. But the the approach of saying, hey, I'm going to be in your area on X date at specific times at a company next door in the area. Would you mind if I swung by and, and we had 10 or 15 minutes to chat? You got to be smart. You got to do the research there too. You still got to make the email have some context to their business, but um, it does work. I've, I've seen it work and it, it's got me in the door. 10 minutes in a... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Just to, just to add on to that, Bobby, I think too what's what's worked for me in the past as well is if if you're in a meeting at eight o'clock and it happens to be the building next door or down the road, uh, don't hesitate to send that quick email from them to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in a meeting at this company at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, I don't have lunch plans. I don't know if you have lunch plans, but I'd love to meet you at this restaurant that happens to be right next to their office. Sometimes that spontaneous quick thing might cause them to say, oh, yeah, let's, let's do this. Yeah, I think, I think what we're sharing and what I was thinking earlier when you were talking about all the strategic approaches is you've got to try multiple things. Yeah. Everybody's a little different. I know people that won't go to lunch with a vendor that they're not doing business with. I know people that can't accept a lunch, uh, and so that might not work. you got to try a lot of different things. A short subject, like I mentioned, like 10 minutes in a particular date, might get someone to give you a shot to give them some sort of a pitch or have a cup of coffee. 
I think I've used it and it's probably more of a last ditch effort, but I would, if I've been prospecting to someone for a really long time, I, I will send them a calendar request. That wouldn't be the first attempt, but after I've tried all these emails and all these approaches, I would send them an email with the context of being in the area and wanting to just swing by. People don't like emails, sorry, people don't like calendar requests to stay on their calendar, so they will accept or decline that invite and gives you the opportunity to have some sort of an interaction with them. Have you ever used that, Brian? I have, yeah, and it, it, you're right. It spurs action, uh, and, it, and you, you've got to be prepared, right, because this could cause a, a negative effect. It could get upset at it, so you, you've, uh, you've got to be okay with whatever the outcome is here. Um, one thing I do, too, to soften this a bit is I'll put proposed as the first part of the subject, and I'll put that in capital letters, proposed, Brian and so-and-so grab lunch with the location and the address and then put the agenda of the things that you might hope to cover in that lunch yeah. or that meeting. They'll definitely see that for sure. And they'll definitely interact with it. Uh, that's a good one. The other thing that's more effective than anyone ever believes, but I'll challenge all the listeners to test it and let me know what, what, what you think, but it, it's closing the book on an opportunity or a deal with a customer. People are humans. All these customers that we're talking about are all human beings. They don't like to give you bad news. If you give them a shot to give you bad news, they probably will take it. And many times, they just don't have news, so they don't know how to tell you they don't have news. They probably in that very first meeting said, I can make all the decisions. I can sign up to a million dollars. Don't you worry about it. And now they're like, hmm, I can't sign more than $50,000. It's going to be another two months. We don't have budget. And they don't want to tell you all those things. So I use a technique called close the book. I'll send an email to a customer and say, hey, clearly we didn't win your business. Unfortunately, we did everything we could, put our best foot forward. We know you made the right business decision for your organization. I would love it if you would take five or ten minutes to give me feedback on what we could have done better. But if you don't have that time, I understand. I appreciate the opportunity to work with you, and hopefully our paths will cross again in the future. I would predict that in the hundreds of those I've sent, 90% of those get responded to in the same day. And they're, I would say it's probably half and half, half bad news, half good news. Um, but it definitely gives me the opportunity to get those deals back on track. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I was shocked. I, so I've just used this as recently as five years ago. This, was, this is a new thing to me, and it's incredibly effective. You usually get response back, almost impulsive response back within, you know, five minutes, ten minutes. It's amazing how quick you'll get a response back. Because I think people are sometimes afraid to give the the real feedback that, hey, the project's on hold. Or sometimes it could be, um, you know, hey, we're ready to go. I'm sorry. This has been in my way. Yeah, the other thing I'll say is that most people, they use it as that opportunity to get whatever message across that they wanted to get across. You talk about quickness and spontaneity. I mean, it is always within the hour when someone responds to that email, without a doubt. And it's yeah. kind of like breaking up with somebody. You're breaking up, and they don't want to break up, so they get back in touch with you, right? So it's a good email. Great. So, Bobby, let's talk about some of the don'ts. Um, the, the number one thing that comes across that I see all too often is the frustration with it. Um, look, they don't owe you a meeting. Uh, they will never owe you a meeting. You don't meet with uh, – car salespeople if you're not looking to buy a car. Uh, So they don't owe you anything. You've got to build a value proposition. Um, So go wider in the organization if you're not getting anywhere with a prospective customer that you think 
has has a need for your product, maybe it's just not going to be that person. So try to go cast your net a little bit wider in the organization to uh, to to try to get some traction out there too. The use of images is probably one that I limit in these emails. It definitely feels like marketing. The, the only time I might use an image is if it's for like a global conference of some sort that has the dates in it. But other than that, I wouldn't. And that's going to be pretty marketing feeling as well. And then I don't think you should share too many ideas. It's got to be short, sweet. This is what we're going to do. I won't take much of your time. It's this one topic I want to cover, something like that. And then finally, to close out the don'ts, I don't think you can talk about yourself too much. The The use of I and me and we is very, very unbecoming to people. Um, it, the customer, the challenger sale will teach you it's about the customer. Talk about what's important to them and what they want to talk about. With that, how about some do's, Brian? Yeah, make it a personal feel. Don't be too formal with it. That you know, there's a fine balance of being professional and being conversational, uh, and just being way too informal. But you you've got to you've got to make the, you've got to be the judge of that. But don't be too formal with your email. Uh, you need to be a, a bit more casual, a bit how you would talk to um, professional other professionals that you work with too. Um, share references. Uh, this is a great opportunity to, um, if you've won a new customer that happens to be in their industry, um, share that reference. Maybe ask them if they know of the peer role at that other company that they could have a conversation with. Um, so look for other interesting routes around for some similar connections that they may know. Um, we talked about it, Bobby. It's, it's, it is one of the best approaches. That's the close the book email Um it, it kind of goes back to even on our first series, we talked about losing early. This is a chance to lose early. Um, that will only um, that will only save you more time to pros- prospect into new customers or new contacts within that same account. Um, the simp from my your phone it does uh, do that. It it comes off more spontaneous. So again, if you're in their neighborhood on their block, meeting with other customers downtown. Um, and it's you got an eight o'clock or nine o'clock meeting out there to suggest lunch or suggest coffee out at their office. It just comes off a bit more spont- spontaneous um, and realistic that you're out in their neighborhood. Okay, Bobby. So why don't we next jump into the final uh, part of the email, and that's the the quote unquote "Will you introduce me?" email. And there's kind of a couple dimensions to this too. Um, sometimes you know we we're we're asking a contact that we know really well, a person that we know really well to introduce us into uh, a prospective customer. Sometimes it's just an acquaintance or a friend of a friend that may have a contact at a prospect we're getting into. So how do you approach this? Yeah, I think it's got to be genuine first and foremost, and it's got to be um, with context for the person that you're reaching out to. So I, I would say it happens to me a lot. I don't have a bolsterous network, but I knew a, I know a few hundred people in the IT community in Houston, and quite often around the start of a new year, someone will call me and say, hey, do you know so-and-so? I see you guys are connected on LinkedIn. Can you make an introduction? And oddly enough, I haven't heard from this person in like five years, and it's their first, first request of me. I'm probably not too terribly inclined to jump in and introduce them. I have no idea who they are, what the, you know, I know who they are, but not from the last five years perspective. I have no context. I don't know if what they're trying to sell is a good thing or a bad thing. They need to make me more comfortable before I'm willing to make that introduction. So while they might send me a LinkedIn message and say, hey, I see you know Brian Evans. I really like to 
to talk to him about a potential job at this company, I'm probably not going to call you up and introduce you until I understand a little bit about what he's doing, what he's been doing. So it should be a lot more involved than just the short, hey, will you introduce me to Brian? An example, and it'll, it's in the template, but how about hope you're doing well? We last chatted on such and such. I know I read this article or listened to your podcast online, Bobby, and I'm very interested in what you guys are doing. Would you be open and open to introducing me to your partner, Brian? I'd love to speak to him or her about some potential opportunity at their company. Thank you so much. That's a whole lot different than just sending me a one-liner. Yeah, agreed. And and you got to make it easy on them too. Like um, they they you know, depending on how your relationship with that person, if you leave them a bunch of actions and to do, and you know, if, if you just say, Hey, will you connect me with so-and-so like, what's, what's your intent? Like, am I going to burn my relationship with this person by introducing you with them? So be open, be honest about what your uh, objectives are um, as you reach out to them, because you're going to want to use this relationship, this partnership you have with this person in the future. Don't burn it with that, with this note. No doubt. And the, the, that's a connection that I haven't had for five years. If it's a closer connection, the conversation and or the introduction's probably going to be under different context, but they still should be thoughtful of their request and help educate me on what they're going to do. And the closer it gets, the more work they should be doing on my behalf, in my opinion. So we're talking about email correspondence. One of my tips and tricks unrelated to any one template is to ghostwrite the email. I mean, we're doing it for all of you listeners. We're giving you all four of these templates and some do's and don'ts that you can just come to our website and take advantage of and use. That's the same thing I'm going to do of anyone that I'm asking to send an email on my behalf. I'm going to ghostwrite that email. I'm going to make sure it's got a subject. I'm going to make sure that it's got everything I need it to say in it and help my network use that to send the note that I'm asking them to send. All they'll have to do is open that note up, review it, make any edits they want to make, hit the send button, and their work will be done. That's a whole lot easier than asking them to take time out of their weekend or weeknight from their family to construct it, to tell the story, and to send it. Quick edit, push send is more likely to get accomplished for sure. Yeah, it's really being respectful of the relationship, I think, Bobby, at the end of the day. No doubt. All right, so um, Bobby, let's talk about the don'ts. Don't leave the email that needs to be written to the company or person that you're trying to talk to. Don't leave that email up to the introducer. Write that email. Don't be lazy or ineffective um, when it comes to that. So Bobby, for those people on LinkedIn that you don't know very well, um, there's a tool on LinkedIn that you can use. What's it called? Well, there's a paid-for tool called Sales Navigator, and if you're using that, great. It's a fairly expensive tool, 70 to 100 bucks a month. But there are some free things out there. My favorite is a tool called Ducks Soup, and I'll create a video or put in the show notes here. But Duck Soups is a HTML5 plugin that follows you around on LinkedIn. You can make notes. Call it a lightweight LinkedIn Sales Navigator tool. Great free tool. Uh, they have a paid-for version that's much less with a lot more in it, but the free tool probably would help all the tech sellers on this uh, podcast for sure. Yep, and the purpose of that is to, as you make these these contacts with people, maybe you met them at a sales conference, maybe you met them walking down the hall, um, reference how you had that initial interaction with them. It'll come off way more genuine than, hey, I see that you know this person. Can you connect me with them? Uh, so know where you made that initial contact if this is somebody that's, it was kind of a one-off uh, connection before you connected on LinkedIn. 
Perfect. And then a couple of the do's, you know, it's not too hard to quote unquote, send a gift or a thank you. You know, um, if someone makes an introduction, it's got to be worth a couple bucks. And even if it's not worth money, it's worth the time to send a handwritten note. I think it's one of the least used tools in the in the world today. Um, but our parents and their parents, that's all they could do was send in a handwritten note. And it, it means something. People, it is the thought that counts. So take time to send that handwritten note or a thank you card. Be consistent. This is the, my biggest pet peeve is the out of the blue request to make an introduction to someone because it, it just feels almost dirty that you haven't talked to me in five years and now you want me to help you be successful. That's a pretty tough pill to swallow. So I would be consistent. Reach out to these people in your network often and regularly so that you're not making that pet peeve mistake of asking them for that warm introduction months after you've talked to them last. That's great. So again, bobbyandbrian.com slash tools. You can get to these templates. Please continue to give us feedback. If you've got templates that you use that you love and they work well for you and you don't mind sharing them, uh, we're happy to give you the credits or we're happy to take it anonymously, whatever you'd like to prefer, whatever you'd prefer. And we'll include these on our website as well. So please keep the questions coming. We're going to have more listener choice episodes uh, upcoming as well. Uh, next, we're going to get into um, wrapping up the series on territory planning. Uh, so the feedback already, this has been our top series that's been listened to. So that part's been excited, Bobby. Um, and then if we have a couple of asks, we're trying to do some things in YouTube from a technical standpoint that we're looking to grow our YouTube subscriber base. So if you watch our YouTube videos, please subscribe to them. It'll help us with some technical things we're trying to do on the backside. And then finally, if you're enjoying the podcast, please give us five stars. Please give us a written review. That would mean a lot to us. And as always, don't forget, average is the enemy. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show with Bobby and Brian. Subscribe to their email list by going to bobbyandbrian.com and follow them on Twitter at Bobby Brian Sales.